0: This is the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor Daniel Williams. A podcast to encourage and equip church leaders. Brought to you by eeleaders.com. Hey everyone, I'm so glad you're listening to another episode of Leadership lessons and summer is coming to a close. Now it may not seem that way because it's so hot still, but my kids are going back to school. Uh, We're starting to think about new schedules, new routine, preparing for the fall. Even some of you great planners are already starting to talk about 2019, you need to stop it okay uh, but in august late august is when we start thinking about the fall the schedules start changing and, and we're really praying about this new season and seasons are are great they're a part of our lives and i love how god gives us rhythms of seasons and he talks a lot about seasons the valleys the mountaintops the the sowing and reaping the victories the defeats uh, ecclesiastes three talks about how there's a time for everything, and change is upon us. We're coming up to the fall. Uh, we have been having a great time this season with Leadership Lessons Podcast. This is episode number 14, and um, we need to just embrace this season okay and so although we may not have the change of the weather right now in florida we still have to understand that seasons are by god they're for a reason and they're good for us they're good for us to go into see without change without seasons we can actually um sort of become stagnant and just take for granted the season that we in Uh, my wife is talking about this and complaining about this all the time she loves the four seasons now uh, i don't complain about that in january Um, in january in florida i wear shorts i have a t-shirt and jeans on it's amazing Uh, but you know what i take for granted that i'm wearing t-shirts and jeans in january i almost forget almost forget that the whole nation is under snow and we're in sunny florida Because the season doesn't change. And sometimes when we don't change seasons or embrace different seasons in our life or where we're at as a church or in ministry, uh, we just continually do the same thing and take for granted and become stagnant. Um, And this is why, you know, God would tell the prophet Jeremiah, hey, go over there. To a different place, uh, uh, so you can see this illustration differently. I want to speak to you. Go to the they'll go to the Potter's Field and check this thing out. Um, and God is oftentimes bringing us into different seasons, so that we will learn lessons. We won't be stagnant. And we'll continue to trust in Him and see His grace through every season, every high, every low. God wants to meet us with His grace for us to trust Him. And so today I want to talk to you about having faith in every season of life and in every season of ministry. How important it is for us as church leaders to just trust God no matter what's going on in our lives, in our ministry, in our family lives, in the ups and the downs, in the the bad and the good, and even in the ugly, we are to trust God. It is from faith to faith that we are to live, and we're to walk by faith, not by sight. And so we as Christians are to walk by this faith, to trust God in every situation, and we need to cultivate this faith, especially as church leaders, especially as church leaders, because what was faith maybe three years ago may not be the same type of faith today. Now, what, what do I mean by that? Well, my wife and I, when we moved to Bellary Beach, Florida, we knew absolutely no human soul. Okay? Uh, there were many souls here. We just didn't know them. We were a parachute plant, came from Washington State to Delray Beach, and uh, it took a lot of faith. And we started uh, preaching the gospel and seeing people get saved and wanted to have a Bible study and a service, and God was doing this great work, but we needed a sound system. And that sound system cost, I forget the exact number, but it was basically around $2,000. And for us at that time, $2,000 was a great step of faith. It was a great step of faith because we barely had any money we were scraping by i was working full-time the church didn't have money so we ended up buying it with our own money and uh, it was this act of faith well now that we're five years in there are more people more finances two thousand dollars is still a lot of money but it doesn't take as much faith for me to spend it with the budget that we have as a church Uh, i need to be critical i need to plan i need to be prudent but it doesn't take as much faith. What was a huge step of faith, five years ago to buy a sound system, wouldn't be the same amount of faith, five years right now, later, uh, to buy it. Um, I remember same type of thing. When I was first starting to teach the Bible, I was so scared to speak in front of people. I know, you may not. Know this about me, but uh, I was actually a very shy teenager. Uh, God actually supernaturally, like, sort of gave me the gift of teaching, and I just realized, man, this is of God because this thing is not of me. And so, even though I knew I had a gift of teaching, it was still very scary, and so that made me pray a lot. Now, here's something scary about doing ministry as I've exercised this faith, knowing it's a spiritual gift, I don't get scared as much. And because maybe I don't get scared as much to speak in front of people, you know what can happen? I cannot pray as much. I could trust in my own ability rather than trusting in God and asking him for his help. And so that's why I say we need to cultivate our faith. We need to exercise our faith to get stronger like a muscle and we need to continue to put on more weight and to continue to walk by faith one step after another, after another, after another. We're to walk by faith and not by sight. And so as a leader, I want to continue to trust in God, to cultivate my faith, and to trust in Him. Now, before we get too far in this subject of faith, because I want to talk to you, what is faith? Let's define it. Let's talk about it. What is faith, and why is it important for us as ministry leaders? Well, um, faith is a trust in someone or something, right? Our salvation comes by faith. We are saved by faith through grace. Uh, It is that faith. Faith in a person, Jesus, to take away our sins, to give us his righteousness, that we would be saved. We trust that he has the power to do that because he rose uh, three days later from the grave after dying for our sins. And so we put our, pl- our faith into something or someone and and um, our faith is based off of, for us as Christians, as ministry leaders, based off of God's Word, based off of what He's telling us. We He asks us to listen to His voice, to understand who He is, and to base our lives off of who He says He is and the promises that He tells us to walk in. Uh, a couple of scholars tell us this about faith. John Piper says, Faith is being satisfied with all that God promises to be for us in Christ Jesus. Warren Wiersbe says, "...great faith is faith that takes God at His word and will not let go until God meets the need." See, faith is a trust in someone or something, and we need to have faith in God who says what He says is true. This is... This is fundamental to our faith and besides scholars and besides me saying the same thing Hebrews gives us the definition of faith. Hebrews chapter 11. It's this chapter of great faith and it talks about many people that um, practice faith. But in the beginning of that chapter in verses 1 through 3 it says this. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. See, faith is trust. Trust. You, you can't see it, but you trust it enough to act, which turns into conviction, which steers our action. Now faith, the Bible says, is the insurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, and this chapter goes on and says, by faith Moses did this, by faith Noah did this, by faith this person did this and that and that. See, what we believe affects our actions. And the Bible tells us that we are to believe, we are to trust, we are to have our faith in the true and living God, Jesus Christ himself, because what we believe affects our behavior. And so God in his goodness and his grace wants us to believe in him for a great foundation. And so Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 7, hey, when you base your life off of God's word, um, you'll have a solid foundation. First John 5.3 says we are told to trust Jesus and to obey his commands. And so we will be blessed when we have faith in Jesus and his word. When we trust in him and his ways, we are blessed. Jesus said you are blessed not if you just know these things but if you do them, you apply them to your life. And we as leaders need to cultivate our faith. We're to be men and women of faith, trusting in God and what he says and living that out. It's important. And the reality is there is temptation as you start relying on your own ability and in your own strength and as you serve God. Yes, leaders, there are temptations for us. Isn't this how Jesus taught us how to pray uh, that we would, that we would be saved, uh, from these temptations and not give in to the things of the flesh and the pride of life and all these areas. And, and this is something that we need to actually talk about and understand as leaders that we are Christians as well, that we are to live by faith and trust God. It is the way of salvation. Uh, one example of this, just a temptation, uh, was the refresh conference. Um, we're having a conference here in our area, Delray Beach, Florida, November 9th and 10th. And it is going to be amazing with, uh, Pastor David Guzik with, from EnduringWord.com, who's written, uh, entire commentary of the Bible. My friend Jason Sanchez, who's a director, um, of an orphanage down in Mexico is going to be sharing the word with us, uh, leading us in worship. It's just going to be awesome. Um, and I'm so looking forward to this conference, but, I was tempted to just plan this thing out without even asking God, what do you want this conference to be? Who do you want to share? When do you want to do it? You see, because we had this conference back in 2017 and it was awesome. I mean, it was incredible. There were over 100 people. Servants of God, church planners, lead pastors, associates, key volunteers, just people in our community and the fellowship was so rich. There were over 20 churches, uh, 100 people, uh, sweet times of just seeking God and everyone was blessed and they kept on asking me, when are we doing it again? When are we doing it again? Let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. And I wanted to, but I could have been tempted to just say yes, let's do it and then just do it and not ask God what he wanted. And so last year in 2017, we had the conference in August. But through prayer and through seeking God and getting counsel from all the leaders in our area, we decided to do it in November, Veterans Day weekend. It's a holiday. If you're out of town, you could fly in, that's great. Also, I don't know if you've ever visited Florida in November, but it is delightful and amazing. You don't have to even sometimes worry about hurricanes like in August, okay? Uh, but the real reason why we delayed it and moved it is because it worked better for the people we wanted to serve in our community. And getting through feedback and, and praying and asking God, hey, what, what would you like to do for this conference? Do you even want us to host it again? Do you want someone else to do it? Through praying and relying on Him, God directed us to have it now in November, coming up in a few months, rather than in this month. And so, This is a silly illustration because it makes sense. You're like, man, you you had a win and you were tempted by a win? Like the conference went well and you were tempted by that? Yes, because here's the reality. When we have a win, we can rely on our own strength. We need to be a people of thanks, believing that God is the one in control. He's the one that blesses our plans and when we obey him, that's where the real blessing is. Many times we could deceive ourselves as ministry leaders thinking, well, I just obeyed and I have all this talent, blah, 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 blah. But no, it's by faith that we move, that we do our thing. We can actually preach without praying or do a program without praying. And so don't be deceived. Galatians 3.3, the Bible says, Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Absolutely not. And so this is why we have to be aware of the temptation to not rely on our own, faith, our own strength, but had to have faith in Jesus. And so I want to give you four reasons why I think faith is important, especially as church ministry leaders. But before we get into that, can you just pause right now and can I ask you a couple of questions? How can you cultivate your faith today? Are you stagnant? Are you still relying on God? Are you praying for ministry opportunities and these things? Are you just doing what you've done always because that's what you do? God brings us through many seasons, through many times in life, and we're to seek Him through every season. The next question I would have for you is this, what is God telling you to do that requires faith? How can you trust Jesus more today? What is it that He wants you to do? Because there's nothing better for you to do than just that. And so, that's faith, a trust, a belief in someone or something, and we as Christian ministry leaders are to trust in God and his word of what he says and to live that out, to be blessed by that. And so I wanna give you four reasons of why I think faith is important to us. Number one, faith is important because it's uh, we're commended by it, are rewarded by our faith. Remember in Hebrews chapter one it says, for by it the people of old were rewarded commended, uh, faith produces fruit. Our faith produces fruit. Now, this can actually be a bad or a good thing, okay? Depending on what your faith is in. Uh, I remember when I was a teenager, my older brother, um, which I looked up to, he was great, he had a car and it was amazing. So I was a teenager, I couldn't drive, I was stuck somewhere and I called him and I had faith in him that he loved me enough, that he was responsible enough to come and pick me up when I needed his help. Well, I got on the phone uh, and asked him, hey, bro, I'm, it's getting dark, I'm in the middle of the hood, I need your help, can you come pick me up? Oh, no problem, man, I'll be there in 15 minutes. <sighs> okay, great. The only problem is, is I put my faith in my brother, who had the reputation and the character of always being late. And you know what, that night, he was late. He was late by like over an hour, and I was just waiting there, bummed. I put my faith in him, And it didn't work out well. Well, as church leaders, you know who we put our faith in? is Jesus. He'll never let us down. Okay, what He says goes. And so we look to Him and put our faith in Him rather than our own ability, rather than trusting in other things, our people, or programs, or whatever it may be. And the Bible exhorts us to do this. Psalm 20, verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. See, we need to hear this because we actually can trust other things besides God. We can we can trust in our own personality, being charismatic or our trust maybe in our own study time and our own efforts. We could trust in our bank accounts. We can trust in our experience. We could even trust in our strategy. But we're to trust in Jesus. And when we are trusting in Jesus, we will be rewarded. What we base our life upon matters and has an outcome. And this is why Galatians six seven through eight says, "Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whoever one, for whatever one sows, that he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will reap from his uh, will from the flesh, reap corruption. But the one who sows of the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life." And so, knowing this principle, we should make sure we are continually trusting in God and His Word. Let's make sure we're people of God's Word and obeying it by faith because Jesus said we'll have great reward then. This is why faith in Jesus is important because we will be rewarded. So you need to ask yourself, what are you putting your faith in? Is it your strategy? Is it your charisma? Is it your experience? I would challenge you to put your faith in Jesus, not your chariots, not your horses, but fight not things of the world in fleshly ways, but in the spiritual realm, the things that he tells us to do. Secondly, why is our faith important as ministry leaders? Well, because by faith we receive clarity and peace. We receive clarity and peace. Ministry and life can be just hard at times. Right? Because there's so much stuff going on. It's like juggling a hundred balls. They're all up in the air and you try to grab one. And it's especially hard if you don't even know which one you should grab first. Uh, you're not focused and you don't really have an anchor. And so having faith in God gives us understanding for life and what we should actually do. In chapter 11, verse 3, it actually says, By faith we understand. We understand how powerful God's word is. Uh, We see it because when God speaks, it brings forth life, and so it would be wise for us to trust Him. We understand by faith who God is, what He values, His purpose, and this gives us, as His people, direction. We can live our lives off of His ways, and that brings clarity. It brings order. It brings peace. It brings blessing, and it brings life. We probably all know this verse, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. See, when we actually trust in God with all of our heart, don't lean on our own understanding, our own ways, and acknowledge Him, He'll make our path straight. He'll give us clarity, He'll give us purpose, and this brings peace. We get clarity by trusting in Jesus and His ways, because when we trust in His ways, this, can tell, this helps us to say no to some things and yes to other things. See, life, ministry, it's crazy. There's so many things to do. But what does God want us to do? When we ask God what we're to do, it can bring clarity. It could bring peace to our life. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with the Cheesecake Factory. Uh, I absolutely love most things on their menu. And that's why I hate the Cheesecake Factory, okay? Because when I go there, the, the, the menu isn't even like a menu, it's like a book. There are like 27 pages and I want 20,000 uh, things on this menu and it's hard for me to decide. I would much rather just know, hey, we're going to Mexican to go get tacos because I love tacos, this is awesome right? But I think sometimes when we have so many options, so many things in life that we could do that are good, it's hard for us to say yes to this and, and no to that and yes to this and no to that and what, what do I do? I don't know. I don't have clarity. And it brings chaos. It brings disorder. We end up doing things we shouldn't do rather than things that God tells us to do. And man, it's sort of like when you go to the grocery store, uh, things at the grocery store are good. You go to Publix here, you, know? you go to the grocery store or Target or whatever, you... It helps you to shop to be efficient and just to go to buy things on your list. It's not like Coca-Cola is a bad thing. It just wasn't on your list. Your priority is to go get some vegetables. Or maybe you're trying to make a seafood dinner. You don't buy steak when you're getting seafood. It brings clarity. It brings order. It brings efficiency. It brings peace. And see, Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Without God's Word in our life and us believing it by faith, we we cast off restraint. We're here, we're there, we're there. But when we know God's Word, when we trust in Him, we can have restraint. We can live for Him. And we can actually have order and peace in our life, knowing that even though this is a good thing, we could say no to it because God has called us to do this. And so it's important to have faith in Jesus and His Word. And thirdly, it's important to have faith in Him because... Man, having faith in God pleases him. The Bible actually tells us that it's a good thing to trust in God. Biblical faith drives us to God and that is why it pleases God. Verse six of this chapter, it says, without faith it's impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and he rewards those who seek him. Now I tell leaders all the time this phrase. You are the mission of Jesus. You need to hear that. Jesus loves you. He died for you. He cares for you. He wants you to abide in Him because He's all about a relationship. Isn't that the gospel that we can have now relationship access to Abba Father, God Almighty, through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit? I mean, He puts us in situations literally to build our faith and that is okay. He is sovereign. He is good. And sadly, you know what? In my life, I don't depend on God when things are going as well. When things are going great and and I'm just doing my own effort and stuff like that, I, I sometimes lack faith and lack trust. And I just do it on my own strength. But God puts us in situations so that we as ministry leaders could just trust Him. So we could know Him. Because we're His mission and He wants to develop our faith. He wants us to trust Him. I always think of that verse in 2 Peter 3.9 where God says that He's not slow concerning His promises or not going to fulfill it, but uh, He has a perfect time. And He hasn't come back as He promised because He desires that people would uh, be in repentance and turn to Him. And so I, I love that whatever season I am, I'm in, I could trust God that He has a plan. I could trust when God says, no, I'm going to allow you to go through this hardship so that you'll cling to me more. And that pleases God, that I would cling to Him more, depend on Him more. You know, when you love someone, you want to please them. And so let's remember, when we have faith, it pleases God. It, it pleases God. So as leaders, I always, as a, as a leader, I always want to be pleasing God and leaning into faith And this is why faith is so important, because it pleases God. He desires that we would build our relationship, that we could take a trial with joy, James says, so we could trust Him and so that we could know Him. And that brings me to my last point. Uh, Why is faith important to us as ministry leaders? Well, having faith uh, preserves our souls. It's good for us. You know, the best thing for us is to rely on God. And uh, I believe that we're most satisfied when we're actually obeying God. We're bringing Him glory with our lives. You know, there's truly nothing greater than just doing what God has told us to do. And the only way that we're able to do that is truly by faith. And I wanna be very clear about this. Having faith is hard. It is hard at times to trust God, to have faith, to not get what you want. You know, Redemption Church still is a quote-unquote, a small church. Um, I, <laughs> I right now want more uh, children workers. I want more finances. I want more people in my community to get saved. And God has strategically said and told me, no, it hasn't happened. Love the people that you have. And you know what? God is able to do that. He's able to say no, not now, or yes, maybe later to our prayers. And this is actually good for us. Because again, when I'm in this situation, I'm relying on God more. I'm trusting in Him more. It's preserving my soul. He knows what's best for me. He knows what's best for me. And so can you imagine if all your prayers got answered? Think about that. If you never had to persevere, if you never had to trust God for things, if you got everything you want, that would be bad health. Imagine... Your kids, I have a nine-year-old and an 11- year-old, if they just said, "Hey, just give me everything that I want," they would never eat vegetables and only eat candy for dinner. That would be called bad health. And many times we get upset with God because He doesn't give us everything that we want. And we think it's because, you know, He's horrible. No, He's trying to preserve our soul. He wants to bring life, fruit. We grow through pain. We go through being uncomfortable at times. And it's okay to be uncomfortable and to trust God because it pleases God. It's important to our faith. And He loves us enough to allow us to go through things. But through those seasons, we're to have belief in Him. Because Hebrews 3 tells us unbelief is actually a sin. To not trust in God is actually a sin. And when we walk in sin, it's bad for our soul. And so having faith is important for us and our soul because Jesus responds to our faith. He cares about us. He knows the situations we're in. And so I just wanted to take time to remind us and encourage us the importance of being a ministry leader to cultivate our faith today in God, to talk about it, to think about it. There are temptations that we can actually believe in our own efforts, our own strength, our own ability, rather than trusting God, that we should be looking to Him and oftentimes in ministry, when God hasn't come through with the promise yet, don't give up. No, have faith. The Bible says this a lot. Even the chapter before, in chapter 10, it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. God is faithful to his word. He wants to cultivate your faith. He wants us to walk in faith, to please him in that way, and he will use things for our good. See, Faith is trusting in something or someone. And it's important for us to do have our faith in Jesus. Because when we have our faith in Jesus, we're actually rewarded. It's important to have our faith in Jesus because when we have our faith in Jesus, we receive clarity, peace, because we have a purpose now. We walk in His ways and we're blessed. And when we walk in His ways, having this faith in God, it, it actually allows us to please God. I know that many of you want to please God, you love God, and Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. We obey by faith. And see, when we have faith, it actually preserves our souls. We don't just get to do whatever we want, but we we say no to ourselves, Lord, more of you, and we trust God and his plan. And so may we have faith today, may we cultivate, may we ask God to live by faith, not by sight, and may we look to Jesus and trust him, because it is from faith to faith. No matter what season we're in, it's from faith to faith. And so let's keep on walking by faith. Let's keep on trusting Jesus. Well in this week's One Piece of Advice, I have my friend Ben Corson talking about how to cultivate our faith. Continue to take risk. Continue to trust Jesus and believe in what His Word says. And Ben is the founder and leader of Hope Generation, is being used by God all over the world. And it's not only exciting for him to talk to you about taking a risk, but I've personally seen how he has done this, just with his risk of getting the gospel out and traveling all over the world and uh, expanding the ministry that God has given him. Uh, it's been so fun to see God open up doors for him and um, just to honor Ben's faith in this way. And you could find out all more about his ministry at www.bencorson.com. And so here's Ben's advice about us taking practical steps of having faith. You're listening to One Piece of Advice, brought to you by eeleaders.com, a ministry to encourage and equip church leaders.
1: Hey, it's Ben Corson again, sharing a proverb with you that I love so much. The book of Proverbs declares, where no oxen are, The trough is clean, but much increase comes by the strength of an ox. Now, that's kind of a funny proverb. Here's what Solomon's saying. Imagine if I took you to my barn, hypothetically assuming I had one, and I said, look at how clean the floor is. It's so spotless, so pristine, you could eat a pancake off the floor. You'd say, well, Ben, that's great that you have a clean barn. How did you manage it? And I would say, well, I have no... Cows, I have no chickens, I have no livestock, I have no bullocks, I have no animals. You'd say, Ben, what's the point of having a pristine barn if it has no produce? And that's what Solomon's saying. If you brag that you have a clean barn, what's the point if there's no produce? In the same way, I would rather have a messy, pigsty productive life than a pristine, problem free, pointless life. Sometimes we think the teleologic purpose of our lives is to keep our lives clean, to never take any risks. But the truth is, every failure and mess you learn from is a step toward the victory because God turns massive messes into messages for the masses. And the Bible teaches that even though we might fail, God's love never fails, and that's what counts. So don't be afraid to take some risks. Did you know that the number one leading strikeout hitter in Major League Baseball history is Reggie Jackson? He's a four-time American League home run champion, five-time World Series champion, 14-time All-Star selection, MVP winner, and a Hall of Famer, but he's also the number one leading strikeout hitter of all time. That's why I like Reggie Jackson. Others could brag I didn't strike out as many times as Reggie Jackson, but we also can't brag that we hit a home run over Fenway fence. In the same way, some of the greatest victors in history were also the greatest failures. Dr. Seuss, his first book, rejected by 27 different publishers. Winston Churchill failed sixth grade, lost every public office role he ran for, and didn't become prime minister until he was in his sixties. Fred Astaire, the greatest dancer in America's history, during his first screen test, the judges said, can't sing, can't act, can dance a little, is slightly bald. (laughs) Again, you see that uh, Einstein didn't learn to talk until he was four, didn't learn to write until he was seven. Thomas Edison was told by his school teachers he was too stupid to learn anything. Abraham Lincoln lost an embarrassing eight elections, couldn't get into law school, failed at business twice, and had a nervous breakdown before he became our 16th president. Harrison Ford, after his first small movie role, was taken into an executive's office and he was told he would never make it in the movie business. Tell that to Chewbacca. Vincent Van Gogh sold only one painting in his entire life, The Red Vineyard, and that was only months before he died. No wonder he chopped off his ear. And Walt Disney was fired by a newspaper editor because he quote-unquote lacked imagination and had no good ideas. Beethoven was also told by his music teacher he was a hopeless composer. This same is true in the Bible. Peter denied Jesus three times when a little girl peer pressures him. David, David, he actually killed somebody. Noah got drunk. Jonah went 2,500 miles in the opposite direction of where God called him to go. And Paul tried to kill Christians. So what I'm trying to tell you is, We might fail, but God's love never fails. Don't be afraid to take some risks. You might have a messy barn, but at least you're going to have some produce. You might have sunk, but at least you walked on water. Because it ain't about how high you climb, it's about how high you bounce back when you hit the bottom.
0: On next week's episode, I wanna talk to you about how we cultivate our faith. Obviously, it's important to do. We can be tempted not to do it, but how do we actually practically do this as ministry leaders? And I'll be discussing the subject of spiritual disciplines. Back-to-back lessons by me. I know you're excited, it's amazing. Uh, I wanna talk through many practical ways to build your faith as church leaders and continue on the subject of having faith. But really, how do you cultivate that? Because we actually build our faith by the decisions that we make. We practice what we preach, doing things to benefit our relationship with Jesus. I love what 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8 says. It says, train yourself or exercise yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is is a value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come and we as church leaders should want to discipline ourselves to obey God's Word and to trust him to live by faith and so what are those practical steps that we can do uh, what should we practice? What are the spiritual disciplines and how does that actually increase our faith? And so I want to get very practical, give you some ideas on how to cultivate your faith next time we meet. I'm so glad you joined us today and pray that this has actually built your faith. Thank you so much for spending your time with me this week and I'm just blessed to be on this journey with you. I'm praying that you don't give up and that God continues to reward you as you diligently seek him. Thank you so much for listening to this Leadership Lessons Podcast. You can watch all the episodes and get all the show notes at eeleaders.com. If this podcast was a blessing to you, I would love for you to share it with your friends on social media. You can find us on social media at eeleaders. You can also help us spread the word by simply writing a review on iTunes or Google Play. My hope for you with this podcast is that we would encourage you and equip you to continue to serve Jesus. Because remember, there's nothing better than doing what God has called you to do.